Um, if you got a Bible, hopefully you do. If not, we have some to hand out. Please open to John chapter 10, Gospel of John chapter 10. And we are going to talk more about hearing from God, like we talked about last week. Um, last week we talked about listening primarily for words that God speaks to our heart or to our mind and about asking God specific questions, listening for answers. And that is one of the ways that God speaks. He, he answers our questions and reveals his words to our heart, to our mind. Once you got it open, you can set it down for a sec. We're not going to be there quite yet. Um, but that's only one of the ways God speaks. God speaks in many, many different ways. And as we will, as you, if you don't already know this, you will find it out eventually. Most of the communication that God has with us is nonverbal. Just like most human communication is nonverbal. Experts say that uh, about 80% of human communication is nonverbal, which might sound like a really, really high percentage if you've never thought about this, but it's really true. Um, I'm going to give you a couple examples. Okay, let's say we're all over at the donut table later, like we will be, and CJ comes over and we're like, hey, CJ, how's it going? And he gives you one word, good. He says the word good. So the only word that we have is the word good. So if communication was solely about words, we would take that word. We would say, what does the word good mean? If we had to look it up, we would do so. And we'd say, oh, okay, CJ's doing well. He's good. But communication is not all about words. In fact, most of communication is not about words. It all depends on how CJ said good, right? Tone, body language, all this other kind of stuff is what actually gives you the meaning behind what someone says. And so let's say, you say we all say, hey, CJ, how's it going? He says, good. Well, okay, that sounds good. That sounds like he's probably doing good. I guess we were right in our, in our word study on what good means. But what if instead he says, <sighs> good? That's different, right? There was that sigh, that nonverbal communication that lets you know that, well, maybe it's not all that good, or maybe it's good, but he's really tired or not feeling well or something like that. There, that sigh qualifies what he said in a big way, that maybe he's not as good as we thought. Or maybe he, he comes by, How's CJ, how you doing? He says, oh, good. <laughs> well, that, that sounds actually sarcastic. He might actually mean the opposite of what he said. And so if we were going solely on the word, that we heard him say, we would be 100% wrong in our understanding of what CJ was trying to say to us, right? So communication is largely nonverbal. Or let's say, we'll pick a harder one. Let's, how you doing, CJ? He just walks by and goes, good. Keep walking. You're like, that felt a little curt, a little cold. Maybe he doesn't want to talk about it or doesn't want to talk to anybody. Or maybe he's avoiding, what is going on? Like, more info required. I have no idea what the word good meant in that context. That's often the way it is too, right? Most of communication, interpersonal, is nonverbal. And how many of you, <laughs> how many of you have ever misread a text or an email because there isn't any tone of voice? I've done it a lot. You can't tell what someone means by what they write because it's only words. That's why em emojis were first created. So you could slap a bold mood on what it is you were talking about. Smiley face, I want to kill someone. You know, okay, well, you know, don't call the police. 
You're just a little frustrated, you know? You might think that's what the person meant. Hopefully you'd think that. Um, but you don't know. And so that's why emojis were created. Nowadays, people communicate sometimes in just emojis. No words at all. So nonverbal communication. Mood, emotion, mood, food item. Or whatever. Like, and sometimes people communicate just that way. That's still communication. It's still valid, right? Even though there aren't any words, it's still a valid communication. I once asked someone by text, how's it going, bro? And he responded with just the poop emoji. So this is, that's a true story. So he gave, me, he gave me no words at all, and yet he clearly communicated how he was doing at that time by sending me one funny little symbol. Um, and so communication is often mostly nonverbal. And so if we are saying God speak to us, but by speak we are thinking words, we're going to miss most of what God says. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, I think I'll leave that. Um, so communication is, a lot of it is nonverbal. Now, the closer you are in relationship to someone else, the more nonverbal communication becomes important. And that makes sense. And so God wants to have a real close relationship with us, right? I think we can all agree to that. God wants to be closer to us in relationship than we are to anybody else. Does that sound like a true statement? And so then our communication with God is going to be really nonverbal. The closer we are to someone, the more nonverbal that communication will be. Uh, I'm sure you've all experienced maybe, well, maybe not all, but I, I have often experienced, maybe it just comes out of my guy, um, in, a, in a conversation with a group of people, and then you leave, and, I s and you know, Sarah and I are talking, and she's like, wow, so-and-so is really not doing that well. And I'm like, really? Why do, why do you say she's not doing that well? She didn't say anything like that at all to me. It's like, oh, I could just tell. I could not just tell, <laughs> okay? And maybe that's a guy thing, I don't know. But she's picking up on nonverbal communication that's happening, and that person may not have been intending to communicate, I'm not doing well, I'm not doing well, but it was still coming through. And she picked up on it, I didn't, because maybe she's closer to that person than I am, or maybe she's just a female. And sometimes we say, oh, God must be telling me that this person isn't doing well. Well, it could be a prophetic thing, but most likely it's just that you were picking up on some communication that the other person wasn't. And I'm sure we've all experienced when Someone you know really, really, really well, spouse, parent, great friend, whatever it is, they walk into a room and you're like, their interview went really well. You, like, you know right away how they're feeling, what they're doing, what they're thinking maybe even. You can read their mind. You're not clairvoyant. You just know them really well. And so all these subtle, nonverbal, subconscious cues click into an instant understanding in your mind. They, they might walk in the room and you're like, oh, something's wrong. Something's wrong. What's wrong? Nobody else in that room is going to guess that. Nobody else in that room is going to know anything's wrong, but you know something's wrong because you know them so well that you can just sense that. And it's not a creepy, weird, ooh, sensing, like, you know, new age kind of thing. It's, it's normal human communication. It's the way God created us to be. And the closer we are in relationship to somebody, the more that is true and the more that nonverbal communication is strong and important. And so since God wants to have such a close, intimate relationship with us, a lot of his communication with us, I would say most, is nonverbal. And so what does that nonverbal communication look like? Well, it looks like not words, right? I know some people who never hear God speak in words. God speaks to them in pictures, primarily. That's a kind of nonverbal communication. God can speak to us directly through emotion. 
Sometimes he lets us tap into his emotion and he speaks to us that way. If God is infinite and he created us in his image, we're emotional. God's emotional too, right? And if God is infinite, he has an infinite depth of emotion, an infinite depth of love, of comfort. As Karen said, he grieves with those who are grieving. He wants to comfort those who are having a hard time. And that emotion of God is, is big, it's strong, it's real. And he can communicate to us directly through that. And for the last couple of years, I've actually experienced that a lot more in terms of like prayer ministry or prophetic stuff. When I'm praying for someone, God will let me feel just like the tiniest sliver of his heart towards that person. And even though it's just a tiny, tiny bit of God's emotion towards that person, it's enough to like overwhelm me. And I'm like, God really loves you. It's like crazy. And sometimes it overwhelms my emotions and I get a little weepy or something like that. So if I'm ever praying for you and I, and I like break down, I'm not trying to like manipulate you emotionally or <laughs> nor am I probably super sad or whatever about you. Um, it's that I am sensing something from God that although from his point of view, it's microscopic, the amount of love he's allowing me to feel for you or pride or sorrow or whatever it is. It, to me, it's so huge that it just overwhelms my emotions and I can't handle it. And maybe some of you have experienced that too. And that is God communicating something to you through me in this case that is just pure emotion. And I'll do my best to try to interpret what that says or how that feels. But I, I'm new to it, so I might mess it up. But um, I usually just say something like, I'm feeling this from God for you, and it's really strong. You know, so I think that that is important and it means something. So God can communicate to us directly through emotion. He communicates to different people in different ways. There's so many ways God communicates that we can't talk about them all in a tiny sermon. So we're going to be here for the next three days <laughs> talking about it. Ready? I got 16 pages. I do. We're going to do one. One of those 16. Um, I, I wrote this as like a nine-part class, so I'm not going to try to squeeze a nine-part class into 20 minutes. We'll only do eight of, of those parts, and that'll be good enough. So learning how to understand and comprehend the voice of God is important, not just the words that he says, but also what am I sensing right now? What am I feeling? Is, is God trying to communicate to me in some way that I'm unfamiliar with? And that opens up a whole big can of worms in a sense, right? Uh, and I could understand people have said to me after, after talking about this, like, I was already, like, having a tough time hearing from God <laughs> when it was just about words. And now you've opened it up to God can talk to you in any way he wants, and he's doing it all the time, and it's all this nonverbal stuff. And now hearing from God is all of a sudden this huge, gigantic, super complicated thing. Um, well, it is huge and gigantic because God can talk to you in any way he wants all the time, and he is doing so all the time. But it's not complicated. It might seem complicated because it's so big, because he can talk to us in so many ways, but it's actually profoundly simple. And let's open John 10. And I will prove that to you. Learning to hear the voice of God is really, really simple. John 10, let's start with verse 2. He who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know his voice. And it says this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Now, if the disciples who see sheep all the time, daily, 
didn't understand what Jesus was talking about, we're in a little bit of trouble because we never see sheep. And I'm guessing most of you aren't shepherds. So what is Jesus saying here? Well, most obviously, Jesus is saying, I'm the shepherd, you're the sheep. My sheep hear my voice. So we can learn how to hear the voice of God. We can learn how to recognize the voice of our shepherd. And that is a promise. That's a promise from Jesus to us. You absolutely can learn to recognize God's voice. Whether we're talking about voice in terms of words or whether we're talking about voice in terms of this nonverbal communication we were talking about, you absolutely can learn to recognize God's voice because you're a sheep. And this isn't a greatly flattering analogy because sheep are dumb. Sheep are thunderously stupid creatures, thunderously. Um, my grandpa used to rent out part of his land up near Little Falls to a shepherd, and so when we were kids, we would sometimes go out there, and when we were little, real little, we were scared to go near the sheep. We thought, you know, oh, a big animal. Eventually, we learned they're dumb and fairly gentle, and they're okay to go pet and play with and stuff, um, but they're really stupid. Like, sheep are dumb animals. Sheep need a shepherd for a reason. They'll kill themselves, like, big time. Cows, you can kind of leave by themselves. They might get their heads stuck in a fence once in a while, but a cow is usually going to be okay. A sheep will kill themselves. They're so dumb. If a sheep gets its hoof caught in its wool, like let's say it's scratching itself and it gets caught, it's standing up or laying down or whatever it's doing, it, it, it'll just freeze and it'll stay there. It won't eat food. It won't drink water. It'll just stand or lay there and then die. True story. Because in its dumb little sheep brain, it goes, something's wrong. I don't have all my legs. I guess I'm dead and I'll wait here to be dead. <laughs> and if sheep are walking like towards a cliff and the first one goes over, the other ones will just go, oh, we're going over this cliff. <laughs> and they'll just go over the cliff and leave, ah, dead. And like, they're dumb, okay? Sheep are really, really dumb. But there is one thing that sheep are good at. Sheep can learn how to recognize voices. And so that's what Jesus is talking about here. He says, my sheep recognize my voice because I'm their shepherd. And sheep can learn how to recognize voices. They can even learn their name so that when their shepherd calls out their name, they'll pop up their little sheep head and they'll bound over to their shepherd because they know how to hear the voice of God. And that says something about obedience. In order to obey the call of God on our life, we have to learn how to hear his voice. Otherwise, it's going to be really hard to follow his will if we don't know what he's saying because we don't know what his will is. But he calls us by name, and we follow him. And so sheep, as dumb as they are, can learn how to hear the voice of their shepherd. And Jesus is saying, you, no comment about your intelligence, can learn how to hear my voice. You can. Not only that, but it's actually really comforting, because I've had people who said, I, I'm not one of those people who can hear God. I just can't. I'm never going to be able to, and I'm okay with that. You know? And I'm just like, no. First of all, Jesus wants you to hear his voice. It's, it's clear here. My sheep hear my voice. They follow me. They listen to me. They don't follow a stranger. They only follow me. They recognize my voice. They follow me. He says it over and over and over again. Jesus wants you to learn how to hear his voice. He expects it, I would say. Because if you're a sheep, you're going to hear his voice, or you're not doing the one sheep thing a sheep is good at. Um, but listen, if sheep, being as dumb as they are, know how to listen to their shepherd, you can definitely learn how to listen to God. These are way smarter than a sheep, right? The smartest sheep in the world, Stephen Hawking, <laughs> of the sheep world, is a moron compared to the dumbest person in this room. 
Okay, let's say I'm the dumbest person in this room. I'm brilliant compared to a sheep. I can definitely learn how to hear God's voice. Because some people have a little bit of a complex about that. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm too much of a guy, whatever it is. And they put all these limits. They close all these doors between themselves and hearing God's voice. And Jesus is like, please don't do that. Don't do that. You're my sheep. I love you. I'm going to call you by name, and you're going to hear me. You're going to learn to recognize me, and you're going to learn to recognize the difference between me and somebody else. There's a lot of voices in this world. Amen? Not all of them are good. (laughs) In our culture, I would say the majority of them are not. And we must learn how to recognize the voice of our Lord, our shepherd, our master. We must learn how to recognize his voice versus all this other stuff to discern, is this thing good? Is this place good? Should I do this? Should I go here? What should I do in this circumstance, Lord? Um, What are you saying to me, Lord? I need something from you. How, How can I get this communicated to me? To be able to do that, to be able to recognize and understand the voice of God is absolutely vital. I think this is one of the two skills that we need the most as Christians. This and learning how to live above um, worry and fear and anxiety and that sort of thing and live in the peace of Christ, that and learning how to hear the voice of God, I think are the two skills that are most important for us. Because if we learn how to hear and recognize the voice of God, we're always going to be comforted because he's always comforting us. That's who he is. We're always going to be encouraged because he's always encouraging us. That's who he is. We're always going to feel loved because he's always telling us how much he loves us. He's communicating to us all the time. Sometimes we just don't turn on the radio. Some of you might not remember what a, know what a radio is if, if you're <laughs> a little too young, but um, KTIS is across the street, right? When I don't, I, I sometimes listen to KTIS. When I don't have my radio on, are they still broadcasting? No. For sure not. For sure they don't exist if I don't turn my radio on. And then I can complain about how they never talk to me. And I never hear good songs or whatever, right? No, they're always broadcasting. I need to turn on my radio, though, to hear it. God is always communicating to us. I fully believe this. Even if he's not up in heaven actively, like, sending something to us, we can look out a window and say, God, what are you saying to me by that tree? And I know that sounds super crazy hippie, but I'm actually super serious right now. Go outside and look at a tree and marvel at what God has done and say, what does this say to me right now? Who are you for me right now as the creator of this tree, and what does this mean for me? And you might be surprised at what God will say. And that might be super uncomfortable and, like, you know, lovey-dovey for some of you, but I dare you to try it because it's actually super awesome. I've tried it. It's great. And so we have to turn that radio on in order to hear from God because it's always broadcasting. And, but we need to turn it on or we're not going to hear it. That's kind of obvious, right? Um, and... I would say that a lot of us don't turn it on all that often. Um, I certainly never did. And I would complain about how I never heard God speak when I wasn't really taking any time to listen. And that's not going to work that well. It's it's silly is what it is. Um, This is a skill. Skills need to be practiced. Right? The Alexes are here. Kathy and the kids are phenomenal tennis players. Okay? Now, did they come out of the womb phenomenal tennis players? No. Well, maybe a little. They had natural ability. For sure there's natural ability there. Absolutely. But that's not why they're super awesome tennis players. 
They're super great tennis players because they practiced and practiced and practiced. They sacrificed free time to practice. They dedicated themselves to this. I am going to be determined to become better at this, and I'm going to practice. I'm going to put the work in. If we want to get better at hearing the voice of God, I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but we're going to have to sacrifice some of our free time, and we're going to have to practice it in order to get better. Because that's the way everything works <laughs> in the natural and in the spiritual. We need to practice this if we want to get good at it. Because this is not a gift. Hearing from God isn't a spiritual gift. We're like, oh, I can hear from God now. Thank you, Jesus. No, you can't get this through impartation. This comes through our relationship with God because this is all relational. And so as we relate better and better with God as father, as friend, as brother, as Lord, as almighty God that we worship, all the different ways that we relate to God, we get to know him better in all those different ways. And we understand what he's saying to us and the communication he's giving our way in all those different ways. And that is how we get better at hearing the voice of God, not through just reading a book or hearing a sermon or having someone pray for us to hear the voice of God better. Those things aren't bad. I mean, I preach sermons. Obviously, I think they're good. I read books all the time. I've read everything I can find on hearing the voice of God, and I think that's good. But ultimately, the way we actually get better at all this is through practice. We got to do it. We got to work on it. And I'm, uh, I'm not saying the way you do everything is bad. I want you to know that. That's not how I'm, what I'm saying. I'm not saying you do your quiet time wrong. Quit it. Studying is good. Reading is good. Devotional books are good. That's all great. I'm saying that I think we should, I think there's something we need to add to our disciplines. And that's the discipline of listening. And I'll talk about that more in a sec. So going back to John 10, we got sheep. Sheep learn how to hear God's voice. If hearing God's voice is so important, then we need to figure this out. We need to understand how do sheep learn how to hear God's voice or their shepherd's voice? Because they do it. And Jesus is giving us that that analogy, that example, because he wants us to know that we can learn how to hear his voice just like the sheep do. And so how do sheep learn how to hear God's voice? And again, it's not complicated. (laughs) It's not a 20-step program. It's two steps, literally. Sheep, does anybody know how sheep learn how to hear God's voice? (laughs) How to hear God's voice? (laughs) How to to hear their shepherd's voice? (laughs) All sheep speak speak from the Lord, did you know? Um, Bless you. Um, sorry, I'm going to stop or I'll keep going. Um, this, is, this is super simple and super profound. A sheep learns how to hear the voice of their shepherd simply by being with him. That's it. A sheep does not study. He cannot read. <laughs> a sheep doesn't take a class. Uh, there, there are a lot of th- things that we do that are okay but that's not how sheep learn to hear the voice of their shepherd. And this is the example Jesus gives us. Sheep learn how to hear the voice of their shepherd simply by being with him. That's it. They learn how to recognize his voice accidentally. I'm serious. They do not strive for it. They do not try to graduate into it. They spend so much time with their shepherd who is always talking, always singing over them, that they just naturally learn how to recognize his voice. And that's all there is to it. It's like a natural byproduct of spending more time with the shepherd is that you learn to recognize the shepherd's voice. And that's it. It's so simple that it's unbelievable. 
that we could learn how to hear the voice of God simply by spending time with him without talking because sheep don't talk much. They baa once in a while and bleat once in a while, and that's okay. We can do that in prayer. That's, that's wonderful. But I think the thing that we need to add to our disciplines is time spent with God without an agenda. Time spent with God without talking. Time spent with God just to be with him and let ourselves just be with our shepherd. And that's it. And that sounds to our logical Western minds so phenomenally unproductive as to be torturous to me. That's, that's how I perceive this. We're used to. And then I tried it, and I'm like, well, that was pointless. I didn't get anything out of that. <laughs> and then God spoke to me in words, and he said, oh, and it's all about you, isn't it? <laughs> oh, you ever get one of those from the Lord, and you're like, ah! <laughs> and you're like, hide me under something, quick! Hide me under something. He's like, and it's all about you, isn't it? Because it's not about us. Sometimes we make our relationship with God mostly about us. What am I getting out of this church? What am I getting out of this Bible study? What am I getting out of this book? What am I getting out of my quiet time? Me, 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 me. Guess what? He's the boss. We serve him. We love him. It's all about him. And maybe our daddy wants to spend some time with us just to spend some time with us. Period. One of my favorite times in life is when one of my kids crawls up in my lap and just snuggles in there and says nothing at all. I especially love it when they're, <laughs> when they're all saying nothing. Um, <laughs> now, th th that's, we can go too far there because God doesn't get annoyed with us because we talk too much because he's God. Thank God. Um, I, however, being evil, I'm not always great, great in relation to my children. Um, and so sometimes that annoys me. But when they crawl up in my lap and they just sit, they don't have to do anything. They don't have to tell me how great I am as a dad. They don't have to say, these are all the wonderful things I'm learning. They don't have to do this, that. They don't have to do anything. They just sit there in my lap. They can fall asleep. That's even better, honestly. We don't have to do anything to please God. We're his kids. Okay? We don't actually have to do anything to please God. We can do things to please God, and he loves that, just like I do as a father. But ultimately, we can sit in his lap without doing anything, without any agenda, without any words, without asking for things. And he loves that. I really believe. I think we need to spend more time, budget some of our time in life to giving to God for God's sake. Because I think he deserves some of our time where we're not talking and studying and that sort of thing. And I'm not saying those things are bad. I, I love studying. I love talking. We should pray. We should ask specific questions. We should do all those things. But I think we should add in some time where we're just like, Lord, I'm going to sit with you. We did it right after worship, by the way. That's what we were doing. Right after worship, I said, let's just sit here and let's just be in the presence of God for a couple of minutes. That's essentially what I'm talking about. And there are different ways you can do it. This isn't a formula, so don't, don't turn it into that. But let's spend some time just, okay, God, I'm just going to be with you and not expect something to happen for us that's awesome. Even though what is happening to us is super awesome. Like, that's, that's the crazy thing about this, is when we spend more time with God, it's like we open up ourselves before him, and he just shines into us and just recharges us and fills us up. And we might not know it. We might not perceive it. We can take it by faith. 
but um, <laughs> it, sh- it sure is good for us, whether we perceive it or not. And so a sheep learns how to hear their shepherd's voice just by spending time with them. That's it. And eventually they've spent enough time with their shepherd that they know that shepherd's voice. And that other guy is not my shepherd. I know my shepherd's voice. That is, I think, what Jesus is saying here and how we need to learn how to hear his voice. We just need to spend more time with him. And if we're spending all that time talking or studying, then it's going to be hard to spend any time listening. You ever tried to listen to someone talk while you're talking over them? I have a tendency to talk too much, and so sometimes I will be talking <laughs> while other people are trying to talk to me. It's, it's rude. <laughs> it's not good, and it, it's not fruitful. And the Lord wants us to learn how to hear his voice in this way just by spending time with him like a sheep does. It's so simple that we think it can't work. It, this couldn't possibly be how it works, but it is. We naturally will learn how to recognize God's voice better just by spending a little more time with him. Um, and this is a type of prayer that I think that I would like us all to learn how to do. Uh, here's an awesome little book to prove that I'm not saying we should never read. Um, here's an awesome little book called The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence, a uh, Catholic brother. And this, this is an awesome book, The Practice of the Presence of God, Brother Lawrence. You can get this for four bucks on Amazon, 99 cents for the Kindle edition. And I am, as your pastor, asking you to please buy this book because I get 18%. No, I, <laughs> I obviously get nothing from this. It's public domain. Um, please buy this book. It is awesome. Brother Lawrence, The Practice of the Presence of God. There will be 90 editions of it because it is public domain. Um, four bucks is the cheapest one I saw. 99 cents for a Kindle if you're into that. This book helped me a lot when I first started this. When I first started, um, I, was, I was in college, and I, was, I had hit a wall kind of in my relationship with God, and I was like, my quiet time is just so distracting. I try to pray, and I sit there, and I'm distracted all the time, and, and, I, and, I, and I feel like I'm letting God down, and I feel like I'm not getting anywhere, and, and I was kind of getting down on myself. And then somebody gave me this, and I started reading, th- reading through it, and I was like, whoa, this guy has experienced all these same things that I have. Like at one point, it says he felt like he was supposed to do this, spend more time in prayer, more time just with the Lord, listening to God, or practicing the presence of God, as he calls it. And he said, to start with, he would spend an entire prayer time getting distracted and trying to get rid of distractions and then falling back into distractions again. And that would be his whole prayer time. And we're talking about a monk, so this is not a two-minute prayer time. (laughs) This is like two hours, probably. And he goes in, and he prays, and it's nothing but distraction. And I'm like, that's me. Like, I I know exactly what that's like. And he's like, but it's okay. Just keep doing it. Just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. Like with anything, as you practice, what do you know? You get better. And so some of us find silence really awkward. Some of us would find it, will find it difficult to sit in the presence of God and not do anything. What am I doing? What am I supposed to do? I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And that's all we're going to say to ourselves for two minutes is, I don't know what to do with my hands. Should I raise them up? Can I sit? Can I stand? Um, don't worry about all that. And, and if it seems awkward or if it seems weird, I encourage you to keep trying it. Um, I try to do this multiple times throughout the day for like two minutes. I'm talking two minutes, okay? If you want to spend an hour, obviously that's great. But I, I do like two minutes. All right, God, I'm going to give you two minutes right now. And pastors are never supposed to say this. <laughs> but I'll do it while I'm in the restroom or in the shower or something like that. Um, this kind of thing I won't do. I mean, you can do a modified version of it while you drive a car, but please.
please be very careful. Um, because when I do this, I like to close my eyes and try to not think about anything else. I just open myself up to God. And if I do it a few times a day, we're talking about a total of 10 minutes. If I do it five times, that's only 10 minutes out of my day. And I have found that the, the benefits of this type of prayer are just, are just huge. Not only do you learn how to hear the voice of your shepherd better, but there's, just, there's all these other benefits. I feel like my spiritual gifts are, are heightened. Um, it's easier to say no to sin. It's easier to continue that conversation with God throughout the day. It's, it's easier to experience his presence and actually feel that throughout the day. It's easier to get words for other people. Because what this is, is this is like turning the radio on and leaving it on. I'm going to leave it on. I'm just going to leave it on all day in the background. And as, as I check in then with God for a couple minutes throughout the day, I find it's much easier to stay in that presence of God and to stay with him and, and to keep hearing from him all day. That's, that's my experience. It took a couple, three or four weeks to get to that point from being nothing but distraction <laughs> to being, this is super beneficial. This thing that I thought was totally pointless is actually really, really beneficial for me. Again, it's not all about me. We're doing this mostly for God, um, but it is really beneficial for ourselves. Um, so I want to do this one more time and just spend a couple minutes just in the presence of God, and then uh, we'll take a couple questions. So let's take a couple of deep breaths. Sometimes I'll spend 30 seconds just trying to focus my mind away from everything else into God, but I think most of us are in a good place at this point. So let's just take two minutes, no agenda, no plan, open up your ears, turn the radio on, but just sit there with your daddy. And sometimes I visualize Jesus sitting next to me or across from me or walking with me or me crawling up into the father's lap or something like that. So feel free to visualize if that's helpful, but let's just spend two minutes with the Lord.
is what I think God was talking about when he said, just be still and know that I am God. I think it's what David was talking about when he said, in the quiet place, you reveal yourself to me. I think spending time before the Lord without an agenda, trying to just receive from him, not striving to hear, but just relaxed and open. I think that not only is this the best way to learn long-term how to hear God's voice, but I think it's one of the best ways to just grow closer to the Lord, period. At least that's my experience. Because we're giving him time for him and not for us. It's not about us. And as a dad, I love it when my kids come to me just to be with me, just to give me a hug out of nowhere, just to crawl up in my lap. I love that as a dad. So I got to think how much more does God love that when we do that for him. And I don't, please don't hear any condemnation there if that's not something you do much. Please, that's, I'm not trying to speak condemnation, but I am saying maybe think about spending a little more time, maybe budget some out, maybe plan when I'm doing this or after I do this or when you're in the restroom or in the shower or whatever it is, I'm going to spend this time with God. I'm just going to be with him right now. I'm not going to do anything else. Maybe part of your quiet time can be just a couple minutes of just listening. Or maybe you can throw water bottle on the floor. I thank God for that. Um, does anybody, we have like two minutes for questions. Does anybody have anything quick that they are burning to ask? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that attentiveness, that attentiveness comes with, with time and practicing this skill. So don't feel condemned if you're like, I'm not very attentive. I actually lose focus all the time because that's why I was. But God takes us with him. Yep. Alex is. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Sarah can testify that you are correct.
babbling, babbling, yeah. We way overcomplicate stuff, for sure. It's great. I love that, and I love that you were open to listening to God as you were looking at that bunny. Because then he revealed that to you. Hey, this is I think God wants to do that for us all the time when we open up. And so I, I'm going to close now, but I hope nobody felt condemnation this morning. If you did, I just break that off you in Jesus' name. I am not saying you're not spending enough time with God and he's mad at you. Okay? I'm not saying that. Uh, but I am encouraging us, let's spend a little more time with God. Um, sheep get good fast at hearing God's voice because they spend all their time with their shepherd. They're always there. And so I would encourage you to really think, all right, how can I actually do this? I want to budget out some more time to spend with God and at least have some of that be without an agenda just to be in his presence. So I would definitely encourage you to do that, but please don't get any condemnation. Your father loves you just because he's your dad, but because he is your loving father, he would like to spend a little more time hanging out with your him hanging out with you as his kids so let's pray father god i thank you that you are such a good father and we confess we, we understand that so little um but we want to listen and we want to learn and we want you to speak more and more about who you are for us who you want to be for us right now about who we are in you help us to be more open to hear you communicate to us 
we ask that you, our relationship with you can grow closer and closer, that we can pick up more and more of that communication that you're sending our way, verbal or nonverbal, that we will pick up on your moods, that we will pick up on your emotion towards us, your intent, that we would sense you looking at us, sense you smiling at us, sense you dancing over us, sense you giving us a warning and pointing in a certain direction, that we would understand this communication of our good and loving shepherd and you would help us to be more and more like sheep this takes a lot of humility lord and we're not awesome at humility and so we ask for your help lord we need it we need your help to become more like kids we need your help to become more like sheep so we ask you to please help us to do that and we thank you that you're going to walk us through this and help us to become really good sheep. So I pray that you would guard that time that we're going to set aside, that extra time for you. Um, we might have to fight for it. Just a little warning to you guys. When you budget extra time for God, sometimes you got to fight for it because the devil will try like his darndest to keep you from spending any extra time with God. So Lord, we ask for victory <laughs> in that fight over our time to spend more of it with you. We thank you. For all this in Jesus' name, amen. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to smile on you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.